Welcome to the Around the World Beauty Podcast, a podcast committed to empowering women to reconnect with their heritage and beauty rituals inspired by women all over the world. We celebrate beauty brands and influencers that share with us their journey to beauty, creating a global impact on diversity, sustainability, and how we see beauty around the world. Whether you're beauty obsessed or have a penchant for travel, let us inspire you to make a beauty discovery of your own. And, and share what they're doing around the world. And I have to say, you know, I've said it before to you every time I see you. When I went to New York now, I literally walked in and I was inspired. But then I went to this one booth that was called like The Journey in Narratives and Global Handmade. Yeah. And it felt like I had walked into my life. It felt like I had walked into my apartment. It felt like I had walked into the apartment of my clients because we live very similarly with art around us, with global input and, and and culture. And yes, I yes. was, I was filled of love, filled of tears. I was just moved because oh. I said, wow, there's someone here that is just like me. And I needed to meet you. And then you showed up, not magically, because there's no such thing as coincidences, but yeah, you into your booth that you were curating. And oh. we connected, we talked, and here we are right now, just creating some magic together. So thank you for coming on this podcast, Sandra. Oh, you are incredible for the work that you do. You, Stephanie, I mean, I, I, I'm lucky that I met you, that you came to the show and you affected my life in that moment. It really, and to be sitting here today with you um, and having a conversation, I can't tell you how excited and I'm privileged. Uh, and so thank you. Well, thank you for being here. And just to give a little bit more, you know, you're a creative consultant, but also the founder of an incredible brand called Amesa. And I I want you to tell us, what is Amesa? What is this incredible brand that everyone needs to get their hands on? Oh, thank you so much. Amesa is uh, to the table, uh, which means to the table in Portuguese. Uh, It is a artisanal uh, farm to table experience. Uh, Amesa was designed to bring people to the table. Uh, It was designed for the good life. Uh, It was designed uh, for us to amaze your table. And so uh, in that, we have a selection of products um, that are largely salt-based, and we have some really exciting spices uh, that are North African and Middle Eastern. And we feel that pantry essentials are important. And Amesa was inspired by my journeys, uh, much like yours in beauty, uh, traveling around the world, uh, being a global citizen, uh, because I've always embraced the fullest in humanity. And for me, that always included the entire world. Um, Eating abroad and being welcomed at so many tables of so many different cultures. Um, I'm also married into uh, a Middle Eastern Asian family. So, for a long time now. And so all of that influences, and I come from uh, farming culture in my own roots here. And so the table, handmade, what it represents to bring people together through food, um, through gathering, uh, Ameza is here to amplify that and invite you to that experience. And I think in our culture at large, it's to remind us of what that is. And so this very past, this fast pace that we have uh, in eating on the run and texting and um, not paying attention. Uh, I grew up in a very intentional home that when it was dinner time, it was dinner time and we were called to the table and there was 
conversation, there was debate, there was laughter, there were tears, there were, there were, you know, like arguments, there was all of that. But what it did was it kept us together and food uh, was revered and it was important. Um, and so I, with Ameza, wanted to be a voice in bringing people back to the table uh, and giving you some essential pantry ingredients that happen to be inspired by journeys uh, in farming culture. I love that. And when I saw the brand, yeah. you know, as a traveler, I could see the yeah. color inspiration. I could yeah. see the vision behind it because something that is very important for me to share to our audience is that, yes, you're a founder of this amazing brand. And yes, you're a curator for this incredible trade show and a consultant for so many brands and oh, so many yeah. movements out there. But your mission and your values are grounded in social impact and everything Absolutely. that you do. So I, you know, I want you to take us on this journey because I know that it didn't happen overnight. No. And I know that it's hard to get people on the same page when it comes to what it is that you're trying to do. But can you share with us a little bit about your story, your journey to beauty, your journey to bring this conscious social impact to the forefront in everything that you do? So go back, go back. <laughs> I'm going to go back. You're going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised at this one. Uh, my journey in beauty uh, started uh, uh, being a makeup artist, and that I, I pivoted to that. I came to New York to work for a film producer, and so my days were filled with, you know, stacks of scripts on my desk, and I would have to read through a script, do a detailed synopsis. Uh, writing has always been a passion and, and going through stories. And so uh, in those synopsis, di dissecting things for, you know, James to look through and decide if he wanted to read the script or, you know, option it uh, for a film. And uh, so that happened. Uh, and then, you know, that industry is, uh, it's a lot of things for a woman coming in and, and uh, you know, coming in. And although I was traveled um, and had lived abroad, uh, once I left school, lived in England for a while, and it was amazing and got a chance to go, you know, to Germany and other places, um, I wasn't prepared for the onslaught of a woman who my hope was to write, to produce. And then, you know, these conversations um, were very much that you have to pay your way uh, with something that would devalue uh, who you are as a woman. And luckily, I worked with a wonderful director who didn't represent that, but it was meeting the people around it. And I just wasn't prepared. And I wanted to keep it moving. And so, um, a friend of mine, uh, mother was working for Chanel, uh, working for Chanel and uh, Makeup Forever. And uh, of course, Makeup Forever, that uh, makeup quality was on Broadway, was being used in films. And so um, she said, you know, we should try this. And I happened to meet a designer who needed an assistant. Uh, and he was working, he was designing gowns for local socialites, uh, a gentleman uh, Dutch in uh, South Africa who lived on Park Avenue and I became his assistant. So between the opportunity working with like, come to work with Make It Forever, uh, you know, work with Abraham on this, I found myself entrenched in beauty. And so my journey started uh, started there, uh, became a makeup artist uh, in, in retail spaces. And so, and got an opportunity to have some print in Jane Magazine, New York Post, uh, did something with uh, In Style. And so I was really happy about that. But one of the things that resonated with me during that time was the everyday woman and what beauty represented to her. And I have always, um, believe it or not, been inspired by classic makeup looks. Um, I know the extreme and, and fashion and, and celebrity, which is amazing and beautiful, um, but I was meeting everyday women, 
and I wanted to know how could I bring you to makeup? How can I give you a routine? Um, here's your compact, here's your lipstick, here's a mascara, here is something that will inspire your day going out and feeling your best. And so I came to beauty uh, through that space. Uh, and, and I've always admired it um, because I thought if the everyday woman could gather a routine and have products that she can rely on and know how to pull herself together quickly, then I felt that I was uh, making an impact uh, during that time in beauty. Wow. I, I think I knew a little <laughs> I bit about that. Because I, I think I was reading your resume and I saw like, yeah. and, but then there was a transitional period, right? I think yes. we all came into these industries and we want Absolutely. We what we love, a calling. Then we find out that the industry is not one made for women nah, like nah. Us to, to be able to grow. Exactly. Also, it's 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 so surface, right? It's very exactly surface. no matter how much you, you believe me, I relate to that story of wanting to help women be like, hey, like mm -hmm. you need because I I didn't care about selling, I cared about women feeling good too. Exactly. So we all have our traditional moments in our journey. For you, where when did it happen and what did it look like? So part of what it looked like it in uh working in sales in that capacity was I was told by um my leader at the time was Jondra, you have too much integrity <laughs> to sell. And I thought, hmm, uh, too much integrity. You know, how do you, what do you come back with? You know, do you, are you, are you being asked to compromise on your values? Are you being, you're being asked to diminish character. You're being asked not to be authentic. Uh, and watching uh, what was happening in the beauty industry at the time was, hey, you know, you've got this problem, this cream will work for you. And knowing that that woman actually needed to go to a dermatologist and not buy this uh, cream for $120, I just couldn't wrap myself around um, that kind of marketing because I always prided myself in making a connection with the person and I want to feel as if I've really supported you. And so I pivoted from sales in that way to doing trunk shows. Uh, we got a new leader that came in. He says, Dondrell, I've been watching you for a week and I would like to talk to you about something else. And we, that happened on a Monday. We met on a Wednesday and my life changed on a Thursday. Uh, new office, uh, trunk show director and proceeded to take a $500,000 business and, and Hans says, Dondrell, I want to do, a, I want to do a million dollars. I says, well, I better get up and get out of your office and get going. And so it started me on the trek of going out and sourcing product. What we did at Henry Bendel uh, back in the day was we had OpenSea, much like the modeling agencies where uh, designers and founders would line up and we would do a review with our fashion director, senior buyers and so forth. And so I was part of that segment and looking at what we were bringing into Henry Bendel uh, and largely these founders were women. So that was really exciting because they were often on second careers, uh, starting something new, pivoting, making changes and did that for, I wanna say six years. Uh, we drove the business by that spring to $1.7 million. And it really uh, began to really just put a, just a vision in my life, you know, looking at product, looking at women empowering their journey with starting brands. Uh, but there was one very particular moment where I had a designer who had gotten the, the praises of Anna Winter and Vogue magazine, uh, which of course, that's everything. Um, but she didn't 
want to talk to customers. It was a, she felt that being in a retail store and connecting with customers was somehow work that didn't need to be done. And I didn't, I was working hard not to judge her, but I thought the conversation in fashion and beauty felt at the time uh, very surface, like you said. Uh, no one in my circle was talking about inner things. And so I came from theater, I came from really conscious, um, you know, intellectual circles where people were read and we talked about the society, we talked about these things. And so that was a moment where I said, I want to take this luxury uh, background in retail um, and work in film, and I want to take it to communities where I could give back, uh, where I could I could support in facilitating platforms for founders and makers in places that perhaps wouldn't have that opportunity, uh, but I know that it included a larger world. And so I set off traveling again. Wow. So tell me about, you set off traveling. I think we can all be, we can all relate. <laughs> There's a moment in our lives where we're, yeah. we're doing what we thought we wanted to do, what we worked so hard to get exactly. to. And then all of a sudden you're like, something doesn't feel right anymore. Like right. I'm being called. And then exactly. we booked that ticket. Maybe it's mm -hmm. a one way. Maybe yes. it's somewhere familiar, or maybe it's to a place you have no idea what exactly. you're going to know, but you know you just got to go. And go is out there. It's what out there. For you? Um, my One of the biggest uh, moments, and, and actually my first project um, in sourcing for an uh, international company that was in Cairo, uh, where my, my journey was to Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, we were spending time there, you know, just also connecting with family and relatives, but going to the Egyptian bazaar uh, in Sultan Ahmed uh, near the Blue Mosque and, and many other uh, tourist attractions there, it just it just took my breath away. Um, you know, the textiles, the carpets, the makers, the, the, the environment. And so I was sourcing uh, for a store and, and, you know, looking at handmade, looking at culture through that lens of craft, uh, making a connection through product, but people. And I thought this, where people live, where they are rooted from, uh, and where that product gets a chance to go, um, we get to carry the culture and people and stories in that. We get an opportunity to connect the world a bit closer. And I said, this, this is it. Also, I wanted to support, as you know, Stephanie, in traveling, you're seeing so many artisans out who are not getting um, the pay that they deserve. They're not getting the reverence and the craft. They are just selling to make a living. And very often, if you're coming from a, 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 a world-powered uh, country with an economy that people deem uh, that is, you know, there's gold on the street, so we have lots of money when we're going abroad, um, they're often taking what they can. And so for me, I thought I would like to participate in the preservation of culture uh, in craft, in the exchange of culture through people and humanity. Uh, and that vehicle itself inspired me to pivot into home, uh, pivot into things uh, that, um, that were outside of the body. You know, your face and, the, and, and clothing, uh, and clothing includes that, but it initially, it resonated for home because home is sanctuary, it's sacred. Um, it's a place um, where you come to be comforted, where you can be yourself. And I thought if I can bring a global culture 
into homes uh, around the world by working with artisans and sourcing and connecting with retailers, um, then I am starting the conversation. I am bringing people closer. And that was, that was the pivot for me. Wow. As you're sharing this with me, I'm thinking yeah. about so many of our yeah. amazing viewers, listeners. Yeah who have come to me and shared those yeah. dreams too. You know, we, exactly. we wonder how do we do that, right? And like, we have this idea, we live it, you know, we live this exactly. life exactly. and spirituality and travel, but you were actually able to to do it. You yeah. you did give it, you made it happen. And so obviously your background with trunk shows and, yeah. and seeing, you know, life is funny that way. Somehow it all just kind of comes together, right? It, come, it comes together and you just start finding, you, you know, I, I look at it as connecting the dots. And very often if something pops in you, um, there's, there's a reason for that. And I think that part of our job and the journey is to connect the dots. And I have found that in my own creative process, when I am when I am still, when I am tapped in, and when I am listening, um, and I visually I, and you know I'm not a wacky, I promise, but I actually can see the dots connecting, and I think that um, sometimes you know the universe will rise uh, when the energy is placed out there, but if we are paying attention, I think that that's kind of our guiding star. And yes, is it a risk? Uh, do you have to feel uncomfortable uh, in going to pursue that? Yes. But if we can move past that little bit of fear, um, that message is coming to you for a reason. Uh, and if I find that if you are a, a creative person and being, if you don't uh, listen or if you're not attuned, then sometimes those visions will, will move away. So it's important to find time and solace so that you can uh, hear what that calling is, uh, because there is something that you're doing that there's a moment that you go, this is great, but you know what? I'm not getting from it what I need to be getting from it. And if you are not surrounded by voices or being fed and growing, um, then you will stay stagnant uh, and you, you'll be less informed. And most importantly, you'll stay in comfort. And when you are in comfort, what do we do? We kick back on the couch and we stay. It's comfortable. It feels good. Uh, but you can't brave a, past, uh, a path in being uh, comfortable. So whatever you need to inspire you forward, whether it's that friend that says, hey, go for it. Um, whether you stand up one day and look in the mirror and say, I got this. We have to have those conversations. And I find that if you take a little step, it is... It, it's like you're signaling to the universe, I'm, I'm going to take this step and you'll be very, very surprised how light just starts to open up and you start to see the path and then you go. It's, I agree a hundred percent with that. And when I was looking at your resume, you know, I, I, I had a big smile on my face when I was looking at your LinkedIn, which we're going to share. I, I saw the path, you know, I saw a woman with a vision that wanted and is paving that path right now. And so what I also notice, if you can talk about it is yeah. aside from New York now, you, you know, your resume goes back to even ABC carpet and home. So was yeah. that the first stop after this inspiration? Because I can't tell you how much yeah. you spend time in that place. And I heard that you were behind one of the biggest beauty events there. So 
Can you yeah. share just a little bit? Because there's so much that we need to cover, but I can't oh remember any more that. I said, oh, my God. Oh, I know. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Um, Thank you so much. Um, ABC was a very uh, special place because, you know, I, I had come back from, you know, traveling at that time. I was in France and Italy and, uh, sorry, in Spain. And I, you know, hit the ground and I had also like bought jewelry from abroad. And so I started doing some local trunk shows um, called Style Nomad. And so nomadic style, uh, taking the steps through the world. And so I did a, a few trunk shows and we're doing it with jewelry because I had sourced uh, things for my, my, my journeys. And um, an opportunity uh, a really good colleague from Henry Bendel, um, Gary, Gary Montanil, uh, he called me because he said, Dr. where are you? What are you doing? Are you back in the States? And I said, yes. He said, I am working for this amazing uh, store and you have to come down. You have to come down there. You know, they're, they're looking for um, a manager. You did this. Trust me, this is the place for you. And I go and I walk in and much like you, I just... I felt like my passport was being stamped at every every inch that I walked. I looked around, I saw the ethos, I saw the world, I saw consciousness, I saw it in product, I saw people uh, moving uh, in, in a way that was flowing. And I thought, this is amazing. Um, I went through like a, it, it, it's, it's to the, I, I just, it was amazing. I, I, Gary and I talked, I left, they they called me like a day later and they said we 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 want to talk to you we we got your resume we and i said well I, i'm actually I'm, I'm on 23rd street i have on jeans i'm not ready for interview they said come we'll take you as we'll take you as you are and i run over there and i go up to <laughs> hr and i meet with the the cfo I, I meet with the brand director like it's a series of you know they they really were very mindful about the kind of uh people uh in terms of you know your your character your uh, your professional background and and in, even in energy, it was a really uh, conscious community. And so I, through this one day, a, a series of meeting uh, three extraordinary women who were leading, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, leading this path and and supporting uh, the business. Who were speaking for the founder uh, Paulette, and uh, had a great process. Went through it all. Met these wonderful women. Uh, left that afternoon. I was on the subway heading back home at about five o'clock. I got a call and said, um, we like you to, we like to hire you. And she says, it sounds like you're busy right now. I said, I'm on the subway. She said, it's okay. Just don't do anything else. We're, we, we'd like to hire you. So uh, give me a call tomorrow. But I just want to let you know that. And so it's happened. And so ABC really brought me into home. It, it just, it brought me into a looking at the kind of consciousness that I was feeling when I was abroad sourcing and traveling and, and meeting friends and, and being with family. It, it brought it in a conscious retail space, which was something I had not seen before. And, and, and done at a scale level, high intention, um, the path laid out, real conscious retail through the lens of global handmade and ethos filled with value systems. Um, and that for me was a, I grew a third eye. I remember going yeah. to ABC Kitchen. And for yeah. those that don't know what yeah. ABC Kitchen is, um, in a nutshell, it's yeah. a store in Manhattan. Yes. It's ABC uh, Kitchen Carpet and Rugs. And, but it is, like you said, it's a passport to culture, but the most beautiful artisanal goods. It's deck whoever did the inside interior design is God sent. I right? actually go there with my notebook and just sit there and just, just look, look up 
and and just draw and visualize because I said this is the life I want to live. This is my home. It, it, it's your home. That's that's the power of what they're able to create. And back to uh, that first uh, beauty event that that I was able to conceptualize um, and lead with with the events director was uh, a beauty and wellness day. And I thought, um, Paula, if we can bring. Uh, people, and it was largely women who wanted the Beauty and Wellness Day, that we can bring them into a day of beauty through the lens of how we experience ABC. We had a partnership with Deepak Chopra, so there was a meditation um, space where um, there were talks, there was quiet time, there was, you know, there was a second level in the the mezzanine uh, where we laid out food and we had um, conscious beauty and wellness brands, but every detail we were able to put into that event, uh, beauty is not just on the outside, it also uh, goes into the inside. And so thus the restaurants that were a part of our community, um, ABC Kitchen, La Cucina, uh, ABCV, which is the the vegan one, uh, they really uh, pushed the in your full experience, but also not just for you to experience, it was in, intended for you to evolve your life. And so that beauty day was the first kickoff that we did. Um, felt proud because I'd had a beauty background and I thought I, I loved beauty, but I wanted it to be a part of life and move in a very conscious way. And so our first day, uh, we did about $17,000 in sales that day which was unprecedented because we it was the kickoff of the event and that uh that was the start of the beauty wellness days that always sold out uh, because people want they don't want just to buy product they want to step in and be transformed and that's a bit of part of what you're what you're doing with around the world beauty you're transforming experiences and so that was a powerful uh, space to be so felt really wonderful to be able to partner to contribute to that and kind of and conceptualize it when I saw that, I said, she yeah. not only has changed my life once, <laughs> when I was in Global Handmade at New York yeah. now, she's yeah. changed my life twice with ABC no, Kitchen, Beauty and Wellness yeah. Event. I, till this day, have the beauty and wellness. They they give these like long, like just a sheet with the schedule. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I have that in my yeah. group of memories because yes. what I saw there, especially mm-hmm. with Deepak and yes. brands and the energy, it was beautiful. It was <sighs> So you've changed my life twice now. No, it, it, you know, I, I'm just so humble that, because I think that, you know, we, we, we work to do things that are led in our heart. And I, I, once again, I'm, I'm a listener of things around me in terms of the internal space and looking to connect the dots and the fact that it resonates. Um, that's the intention, um, that I wish for all brands. And, and when you're thinking about that path, it's part of the foundation roots. And that was a, a true uh, intention of the brand. It was meant to transform how you lived, how you saw your sacred space, but most importantly, to empower you uh, with selections to make those choices. And then there was education to give you tools of this is how it's done. These are voices that you should be following and connecting with because here's here's information and you and you are welcome to enhance your life through these channels and i think that that was something that um listen you you felt it in looking at the roster me walking in the door every day i knew that it was an opportunity for me to transform my own journey Uh, and i think that uh, whatever spaces that we end up in uh, particularly when we're driving um, the narrative for ourselves when you are there 
listen, learn. You are there for a reason. Um, it is not just for the company that you're working for, the partnership. You are meant to gain something, to galvanize something from that experience. And so uh, walking in that, you know, in that hearing, then it, it, you'll, you'll get the message. You will, and you'll leave with it. And that's, that's, I think that's a very powerful thing. It certainly has changed uh, my life. And I, I live for that every day in terms of how do I transform, you know, what, what lessons are for me to learn and also what is there for me uh, to share. Absolutely. And, you know, just a question for you. And then I want to go on to the next question sure. for you, because you mentioned the word trunk shows and that's what you used to do with Henry Bendel's. What is a trunk show? Oh, oh, so I'll, I'll unpack that. So I um, went on to be the director of trunk shows. And so uh, this goes back to the open sea that we would have. And actually Barney's uh, had one as well. So uh, and so we would look at a brand, look at products and enter into a trunk show so that we're not fully bringing the collection in uh, because they were, we wanted to give lots of opportunities to brands. And so you, you don't always have budget to bring in every brand. You don't know how it's going to work on the shelves. And so uh, one of the pathways for us was to create an opportunity of having a trunk show. So you you come into a partnership with a retail, you'll do, and nowadays people are calling them pop-ups. Uh, it's the same thing. You come and you do a trunk show and, you know, back people would pull out stuff out of their trunk. And so we loved it because you think about a trunk, you're at sea, you're a pilot. I mean, you're a pirate. What are you bringing back? It's in the trunk. And so we were, you know, unveiling a product. And so it's, it's a very, it, it's a safe uh, channel, but it's also, it, it's a, it's a real opportunity. You get to come in, you do a show, uh, retailers get to see how their community responds to it. And for us, we were prime. I mean, we're Fifth Avenue, 56th Street, right next door to Harry Winston. So go to Harry Winston and get your diamonds, uh, but come to Henry Bundle to experience trunk shows uh, and discovery with product. And we had uh, some incredible brands across from ready to wear to jewelry, to clothing, to textiles. And so, uh, and then after doing successful trunk shows, if we found that the consumer demand really, really resonates with a the brand, uh, then that brand would go on the shelves at Henry Bundle. Wow. I feel all yeah. kinds of things. Uh, like it was, it was a, it was a really, really good time. I have to tell you, you know, passing, you know, connecting those opportunities. Um, it really, the kind of things that happened uh, for collections and meeting customers, I, I had, it just, it's a great uh, platform and it's a wonderful where you have a low investment from the brand founder, but you also have this low investment from the retailer. You both get to test out uh, if the partnership will work. And for if you are a brand and partnering up with larger retailers, uh, you need you need prime commercial space. Uh, you are a guest in the house of the retailer. And so those partnerships are incredibly vital um, and they're powerful. So and that you get invited in, you get to come and, and get invited to a house where the guests are coming every day. Uh, it, it's a great way to break ground. Wow. So it's no surprise. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Yes, that of course. You're now curating what I consider the most amazing booth at New York now, but oh, you have a curated yeah. space that's called Journey and Narratives in Global Handmade. And your mission is just to tell artisanal stories of makers, their stories, your brand is there as well. So you can catch yes, it as well. Of course. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that journey, because obviously you're doing all these great things and now you're, New York now is about the artisanal. It's about the artists. And globally, 
How did yeah. that journey begin? And also, where are you today with it? Because from what I saw, it was impactful. And oh, beautiful. thank you so much. So tell me a little bit about that because you're not just, I like, I called you the, the conscious eyes of New York. <laughs> visionary and oh my God, the global world and market. Yeah. Um, but you know best on what you do there. And I would love for you to share, you know, that journey a little bit with us. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. Uh, so the, um, the booth uh, was inspired by uh, creating social impact and putting a lens on that. And so with my uh, background, I've been working with artisans in developing countries and communities uh, for over a decade now. And, and so whether we've worked in I worked in Pakistan, India, you, you name it, you know, we've been around the world and, and not just me, other consultants who are, are doing this incredible work. Um, you get a chance to really put your footprint, but you get an up close look at the kind of vulnerable spaces that are in artisan communities, but most importantly, the talent, the talent and the conscious consumer today wants to know where their dollars are going. and much like ABC, you get to choose to participate um, in changing the world. Um, and you can do it through a lens of design and commerce. Everyone has a channel that they that they can choose to participate in. And so for me, that booth um, and given I was given a, a wonderful opportunity to uh, highlight brand ethos and principles uh, that I've been working in for decades. It, uh, I'm sorry, for decades, for over a decade. Um, and with putting that booth together, it's taking all of our smaller artisanal uh, brands that are global handmade, that are attached to an NGO, a uh, founder, an artisan group, where when you are investing in that brand, uh, it's going through channels of fair trade, sustainability. Uh, those dollars get to help to build sustainable development in those developing countries with those artisan groups so that we get fair wages, that they get brand investment and they get to live a quality life. Uh, there are so many artisans around the world that are making incredible things, but very often we don't understand the dynamics of how they have to live. And so by highlighting brands who are activating in social impact, uh, we're giving buyers an opportunity to make those kind of conscious principle investments. But at the same time, uh, you are not compromising on scale of design or beauty or aesthetic. I always tell buyers, you, come through, look at the assortment. This is not charity. Um, it's really intentional uh, purchasing. And so the booth is designed to represent a global home uh, and to give you an actualized space of how you can integrate beautiful design, take yourself and guests in your home on journeys with product from around the world. It just happens to be product that is attached to a larger supply chain of making an impact that will make a difference uh, in the lives of artisans and humanity at large. And so that is the focus and the intention and ethos uh, of that booth. And we align it with telling podcast stories uh, so that you get to hear uh, whether we're talking to founders in Beirut, Guatemala, we've gone to India, uh, we've, we've gone, we've gone to um, you know, Mexico. Uh, and so people can hear the voices of people and the artisans, uh, but the booth represents intentional change and you get an opportunity to participate in that. I mean, it's it's worth, every founder has to go there, just be inspired oh, to shift into, you know, not just having a brand, but having a brand that matters because exactly. it really is 
all of us as a unity. Exactly. That, that's the message, Stephanie. I, I, I think that, you know, people, you get to, again, choose how you want to participate. We have uh, change makers who are cleaning plastic out of the ocean. Um, there's a group that I watch there and and Namibia who are working to get the uh, baby seals who, because the ocean is trashed with so many garbage and plastic, you know, things around the neck, they're a group uh, of, of founders, not founders, but scientists and marine biologists that are cutting the wires off of baby seals, people who are recycling, um, you know, farmers who are deciding to, hey, I need to use better soil. Um, There is a way for all citizens uh, to participate in change in the world. Uh, I'm a member of UN Women and those 17 sustainable development goals that have been established by the UN for 2030 are really obtainable. And there, there was a problem in the past with people thinking that only people in high places or a, a elite circles got a chance to participate, but it won't really change until your everyday citizens feel uh, that they too can contribute to changing the world around them uh, because this is where we live. Uh, and I can't remember who made the quote, um, but it the quote was, there is no planet B. This is the only one that we live in. And so uh, if anything that I can do to inspire engagement and choice, um, this is part of my journey and my mission. And I, I really hold it in a very dear place. Powerful. And I wanted to talk about that as well. You, you've, you've worked with artists since developing countries for over a decade with your travels, yes. separately from New York Now and with New York Now. Can you share a little bit about, and also I, I do want to mention also yeah. as a founder, you're a social yeah. entrepreneur with Amesa and there's huge impact with that wow. brand created. Tell me about that because this isn't just another food brand. This is, again, a social impact movement that you're doing. Yeah. All your expertise. Oh, thank you so much, Stephanie. Um, I am so excited to share about uh, this partnership that uh, Amesa has um developed with uh, AIDS to Artisans, which is a nonprofit organization that has been around since the 1970s. I am privileged to be part of the ATA family. Um, We have worked in in combination with Kellogg's, who's one of our our funders, and we've got a few other investors, but Kellogg's Foundation has driven this initiative, and we are so proud. They not just make great cereal, but they are philanthropic and moving in the world. And so we've had this tremendous opportunity to partner um, with the three of us all together in uh, working on um, social impact and in food spaces. And this is a space that uh, aids to artisan uh, has been working in in terms of textiles and design, but this is our first food project uh, where we're looking at artisans in vulnerable communities uh, where they're sustaining food, uh, food uh, of various cultures, traditions, um, you know, techniques that we want to preserve uh, any craft form that is at risk, but we also want to roll out another iteration of what uh, craft, what artisanal means in food is so important to all of us. Uh, we're all eating. Uh, and so if we can bring a global table uh, to you uh, through those channels. And so in this partnership with Amesa, uh, what happened was I, again, am I, I am a consultant for the organizations for many years now. And so Dondrell, um, we would love to partner with you on this project. And so I, developed uh, 17 recipes uh, 
with for these artisans and so of course we was a lot of box boxes going back and forth uh to yucatan uh, mexico and uh, we also worked with Casive, who um you know does all like the health regulations and those kind of things and and so i wanted to take recipes that the artisans were using um it was not about uh you know changing uh, ingredients. It was about expanding the resources that they have around them because we know that if you're eating locally, food is going to be freshest. And so uh, in this, we really utilized ingredients, everything from Yucatan, Mexico. Uh, there are a few things that we source from northern Mexico. There's also a honey initiative, uh, even with the Mexican government, where they um, are putting more sustainable development into ecosystems uh, with the honey because they're known for incredible honey. And uh, so we were able to work together and to do this project for Tamula, and it has been launched through Ameza because we are looking to penetrate the U.S. market. And so I am so proud of this project. Uh, we launched last year at the Fancy Food Show, and we are headed in 2023 to Seattle, a global food show in Las Vegas in March. And then we will return uh, to the Fancy Food Show in June in New York. So you will find Ameza and Tamula uh, at these trade shows and we're you know, looking to connect. Uh, we never want people to compromise on taste. So it's important when I talk about social impact is that um, it is the principle, it's a foundation, but we're not compromising on design, taste, food, you know, things that you'd be proud to put on your shelves. Uh, it just happens to be through a mission and purpose-driven initiative. And these are the kind of things that we love to inspire people uh, to participate in, because then this way we collectively uh, support in changing the world. And we're working on sustainable development and jobs uh, that we can support the region and other regions like it around. And, you know, it, it's, we are sitting in a more powerful place and these are where it's an opportunity for us to share the share in that. So absolutely. And what inspired you to bring this brand? You're obviously working, you know, with artisans. You're, you're, yeah. you have your journey yeah. uh, from point A to point B. But what, where was the moment when you were like, I need to do this, and I'm, and I'm excited? Or did you see a hole in the market? Where, you know, share a little bit about why you started this incredible brand called Ameza because it's so delicious. So, wow. And that, so Ameza, can I tell you, Ameza was as, as simple as wanting to, when you're traveling, and you know this, when you have a great plate of food and a, an ingredient, and how do you hold the taste? You can't hold the taste in your mouth for very long. There's a memory that's attached, but I thought, how can I bring that back with me? What can I uh, put on the table that people can open a jar or a box and immediately come to that place with me, that table, uh, whether I was eating in Spain or, or Italy or France or, or Egypt, like where, how could I bring you there? And so that, and that was the intention around a mezza uh, in, in addition to, as I mentioned, what can I do to support bringing people back to the table? The table is a powerful place. And uh, it was at least growing up for me and my family. And so that I thought salt um, is a foundation of civilization to say that the usage of salt dates back to about 5,000 years uh, prior. It was uh, 
thought to be earliest uh, developed, seen as a usage uh, in northern China, actually back in uh, 6000 BC or even earlier. So here is a a natural mineral that has been part of a cradle of of civilization. And it's so simple, but yet it has been so powerful to humanity, the preserving of of meats, of foods. Um, And I think about when you need a little taste of something and when something's missing, what do people say? Oh, can I get a little salt? Can I get a little salt? And so uh, it's simple, it's easy. And it also, looking at the various salts that I discovered in traveling, um, you know, I grew up here in the United States, um, American family on table salt. You know, there was no conversation about sea salt or the different gray salts that are in France or this this Cyprian salt that's like a diamond. It was just salt, right? Uh, and so I, but in traveling and eating uh, at global tables, I thought all these flavors of these colors, these textures, uh, and and also I knew that simple food, um, as I mentioned, uh, part of my family is a farming background, so there was there was no there was there was whole food, no no preservatives, just you know good classic food. I knew what a tomato looked like, I knew what lettuce looks like, I I knew food, um, and I saw it coming out of the ground with my grandparents, and so I knew that in flavoring it, it could be as simple as that. And so salt was my vehicle. And it's it's also, it made the difference in tasting things. And so I thought, this is what it is. This is what I'm doing at home. And let me share. And that that's Ameza and come to the table. And there you are. I love Ameza. I love the name. I love the oh, branding. Thank you. Um, thank you. And before I move on, I do want to yeah. ask, how has the journey been to go from, you know, one moment, pushing the voices of these artisans from around the world, and now bringing your own voice forward with the brand. I know it's it's a difficult one to do, especially because of the challenges. When you want to make a difference, I feel like it's a lot show. I wish it was as easy as just filling a trunk like you said. Yeah, exactly, day. yes. It's just right. available. I tried it, right? Right, exactly. The journey of, of bringing Amiza to the forefront and being able to scale it and get it places. Because I think a lot of our um, listeners want to know because they had dreams. They've been somewhere. And they're like, oh, like, if only we could or... Right. Would be a great idea? And there's a lot of trial and error. So could you share a little bit about that for us? Yeah. And and just so people know that I'm I'm still on that journey. Um, Ameza is uh, sold in five stores, uh, sorry, six, six stores, uh, one in Manhattan and uh, four in, in Queens. And of course, online at Lily Branch. Um, I do want to uh, I want to give some love to those brands. Uh, Fulton Market installed downtown South Street across from Pier 17. Over 80% of the products on the shelves are designed by women. Uh, and also that community of, of, of Bob and Marge, partly responsible for working on the green markets in New York. Um, and, and Casa Decor, an amazing artisanal food table out in Astoria, Queens. The founder is amazing. Uh, Euro Market, the best you go in that market, the cheese, the olive oil, for us to be on the shelves in there, um, you know, uh, the founder, uh, Peter of that market from Cyprus, uh, we are so happy to be at the Euro Market and be amongst the choices. The Astoria gift 
uh, shop, which she has an assortment of, where you see our salt, you'll see Tamula from our products from Mexico, and then you'll see beautiful crystal ornaments that are that are from Egypt. Um, once again, you know our global citizens are activating in Lily Branch uh, online, which you'll have amazing food and you have stationery. So we're really proud of all of our partners, and there's more upcoming things. So one of the things that I learned a long time ago, and I'm still integrating into into my life, but it was a aha moment. I was, it was a talk that we had at ABC and uh, the name in the immediate of the founder escapes me, but what she said was so powerful. She said for her, she said, I'm, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a, a, a founder of a business and there is no work-life balance. I needed to find a way to incorporate what I do into my life. And when I heard that, I literally wrote some iteration of it down just to capture it as quickly as I could. And it made so much sense for me. So I take on that process of going the kind of life that I'm living, the kind of career that has been calling uh, and, and, and been my chosen um, path of participation and may it grow is my work-life balance is, is one life. And this is why it's really important for us to make conscious decisions about how we want to um, contribute, you know, what drives us. We can always change our minds, you know, nothing's written in stone. You're hopefully will have many different journeys uh, in your lives. But part of that is that it, it shouldn't be a drag. Sometimes it's stressful. There's no question about it. There, there are times you're like, oh my God, I need this for my brand. I, you know, even for, for Christmas, I was before Christmas, we were, we were getting ready to travel and, but yet I had, I had orders. And so I'm like, oh, I got to get this sample off. And I'm, I'm literally running to UPS. Okay. There's a sample for this person. Okay. Did you get that? And, and running it all. And I thought I have to get it done because this is, this is, I remind myself when I get frustrated that I've chosen this. I've chosen this. So how do I, so let me choose what I love so that my life is balanced in living the journey that I am choosing. So I always say, I say to myself, uh, does Oprah say this when she gets up? I mean, you know, I can only dream to be where she is, but you know, what does she think? Um, and I, and I think, what am I complaining about? And I get those moments. There's no question, you know, uh, figuring out the balance of it. But if you choose what you love and you look at your career as balancing your life, like I'm this person, I, I, I make things, I travel, I um, build installations, I, I, whatever it is for you, write those things down and you should be able to make lines of how they all connect, why you're doing it, what satisfaction it brings to you, um, you know, what what time of your day does it take up? So meaning that you we need to try as much as possible. It is challenging at times to step into our day with the joy of the privilege to do what we want. So I, as I say to, to the girls, um, particularly at this conversation with my niece, we were having uh, dinner for her birthday at, at um, La Cucina at ABC. Of course, I take her there. Um, I said, what you choose is going to be really important because I said, you need to get as close to the field that you want to be a part of as possible. So say, for instance, if you're an accountant, uh, right? If you are working in accounting and yet you want to work in food, well, you don't need to be at the accountant office. You need to be in some connective 
um, channel where food is. You're more likely to meet people um, that are like you or that can offer insight and advice or where forces get together and things grow. You need to be on the block of where you want to live. And that's, I find that I'm, that's the thought process that I take on every day. This is my life and it is my job to balance it through what I love and what I've chosen to participate in. And when it doesn't make me Thank you to everyone listening. And I hope you love this episode with Dondra Glover, founder and creative director of Amesa. Her story is truly a journey to beauty and make sure to follow her on Instagram at to the table. Thank you for listening. Until next time, beauty travelers.